Welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Day, alongside Daniel Anardi. In our podcast, we interview guests that bring a fresh perspective on topics that are vital for you to thrive in your life and career. Our approach is casual and always curious. Through our guests' insights and our debriefs, we hope to help you develop a career full of purpose and meaning. Welcome back to Season 2, everybody. We are so excited to keep the journey going. Dan and I wanted to make a mention to all the support that we have received and feel truly blessed that people are listening and enjoying the episodes. Remember to drop us a line at hello at arrivethrive.com.au on any topics or guests that you would like to hear from so we make sure that we are covering topics that you, the listener, care about. We also love those reviews, so thank you so much. Now, to kick off 2020, we have the amazing Claire Radborn. In this episode, she shares her journey through law school and her transition into TAFE, uni, then the workforce. We found her perspective so refreshing, and we think you will too. Hope you enjoy. Claire Radborn, welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. First guest in 2020. <gasps> Pressure oh is on. Oh, God yeah. bless. Sorry, 2020. I know. Thanks for coming in. Pleasure. Thanks for coming in, Claire. Absolutely. Great how, to be here. How are you both today? Dan, Claire? What's happening? Yeah, going well. Yeah. Um, have been at Pause Fest all day, which awesome. has been phenomenal. Um, amazing conference, um, exhibition centre, big audiences, great prezos. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely loving it. And yeah. someone's speaking tomorrow, aren't they? I am hosting. Hey. Uh, so yeah, challenges on for tomorrow. But yeah. um, I read something that said uh, um, sometimes what you need to do most is the thing that most terrifies you. So I'm like, <laughs> what most terrifies me? I'm going to do that for three hours. <laughs> So looking forward to that. That's awesome. And that's yeah. that's probably like the theme that we really want to focus on with you as well in this episode, because I think you have brought such a good pers- perspective through your career on that growth mindset, resilience, putting yourself in the deep end. Yep. Um, and that's just another example of you doing it, hey? Yeah, absolutely. You want to get one life, you may as well live it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's it. That's it. That's Some it. people read books yeah. and they don't adopt it. Do yeah. you? Are you one of these people that oh, reads yeah. books and then you're like, right, tomorrow I'm applying? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I read the four-hour work week a couple of weeks ago and I was oh. like, I spoke to my husband and I was like, we need an assistant. I'm outsourcing this. You need to go and do We're the shopping. starting salsa dancing yeah. classes like straight off yeah. the bat. Have you read that book? Yeah. Oh, I haven't read it. It's great. A must read. Yeah, it's a must absolutely. read, but it's, a, it's full on. Yeah, like, it is. You gotta for me, I had to read like twenty pages, put it down, reflect, yeah. then read another twenty pages. Mine is covered in sticky notes and like, could we implement this? Like, yeah. how would this work? What could I outsource? Yeah. Etc. Can I outsource a haircut? Probably not. What else? <laughs> <laughs> so Claire, share with our listeners what you currently do. Um, my current role is at O-Media. It's an out-of-home advertising company yep. um, based in Australia. Yep. Um, my current role is commercial client experience director, um, which I love. Super challenging role, yep. um, but you know, such great opportunity and love the complexity and variation of, of what I do and working with a phenomenal team. So yeah, really enjoying it at the moment. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And- for us and, and our listeners, we'd love you to take it back to the start of yeah. how it all began because 
as our listeners can tell, you've got a bit of an accent. I do. Um, which is which is great. We love having people from different parts of the globe here on the podcast. Great. So when did you come to Australia and how did it all begin, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. Um, so I arrived here in 2001. Um, I came out here with my mum. Um, she married an Aussie. Um, mm-hmm. And I ended up in sunny Melbourne, which was a good call on her <laughs> half and mine. Yeah. Um, I like to claim some of that. Um, when I came out here, I was, it was a bit of back and forth, but I was about 17 when I arrived. And um, as we were sort of talking about before, um, the English and Australian uh, education timelines do Mm. not necessarily line up. So I kind of had this awkward period of like kind of almost too old to be um, sorry, too too young to go and do TAFE or university, yep. but kind of had finished high school in the UK already and kind of didn't really want to go back and, and do that again, but um, was a bit of an awkward period. So um, enrolled in high, a local high school um, and picked some classes and so on. Yeah, how'd you go picking classes? Uh, you know. <laughs> close um, your eyes, go down the well, list. Well, um, not the most academic person, yep. um, and we can talk about this more, but have always found um, the more academic subjects quite challenging and mm. um, my um, experience in the UK and with my GCSEs which is kind of like the VCE mm. in the UK um, had gotten pretty much fail scores for everything other right. than art and music and yep. oddly I seem to remember I got a B minus for chemistry not sure how I winged that <laughs> um, but um, music I still cannot read music to this day I literally learned what I needed to learn by ear and just yep. did it on the day That's and amazing did really well yep. and the same for art yep. um what was artistic again very little academic skill when i came here creative with your art or yeah um not so much with the art but um yeah still a really creative person yep. i think of myself more as a creative thinker than a straight lines cool. um type thinker like to think outside the box yep. etc um so when i came to australia it was felt almost like a hey look you got to pick some subject what do you want to do and I was like music art great great all good (laughs) let's go um and knowing full well that I'd kind of done high school already this was kind of a bit of a supplement um I probably didn't give it the attention that it deserved um and sort of powered through that just to really just get it done basically um I got an enter score but really only completed half of a year several subjects etc um so you can imagine what that Mm. looked like um and an interesting discussion with the parentals around what the next steps would be with that so that's kind of where i started Mm. essentially coming to australia and when because you went on and and did law um yeah (laughs) like was that something that you you knew you wanted to do and and what came about for you to enroll in such a course yeah um interesting one i think Probably you both with your experience in careers and probably those that are listening can fully understand um, at that age was finding it extremely difficult to really consider what I wanted to do. Like, why do I have to make this life choice Mm. right now, age 17, almost 18, about what I'm going to do for the next 50 years of my life? I don't have a clue what I want to do. I know that I like art. I can play guitar. I can sing. Okay, great. Where's this going to get me? Not particularly far. Um, singing artist, maybe I don't know. Um, but could be a YouTube sensation. I could have been. Shit, it's too late, guys. <laughs> Can I go back? Never too late. Can Never I have another late. go? Never too late. Um, 
you know, I was good at those things, but I really couldn't see where I was going to go next. I think the thing for me that at that time um, I was also particularly good at was I'd been doing ballet since I was three mm. and I had looked at, still at that age I was doing ballet, um, and I had looked at going to do some kind of performance course. Yep. Um, so when it came around for VTAC time, which yep. was the way then, and you got to pick your eight courses. Still is. I, yeah. Is that still the case? <laughs> yep. yep. Um, well, an old school way of doing it. Um, mm. I put in seven performance courses yep. and there was one left. And my mum sort of said to me, look, what do you want to do? Let's just put something in. You may as well go for the eight and then you'll have the choice of the eight. So I put down, you know. Deakin, Melbourne Uni, RMIT, etc. All of these performance dance kind of related courses thinking, well, I really enjoy it and I'm pretty good at it. This has got to be it. And mum convinced me to put one other in and we kind of just looked at like what was local and I'm in Melton. Yeah. Um, and what was local at the time was Victoria University Melton campus and yep. you could do an advanced diploma of legal practice. And mum's like, just whack it in. Yeah. So then you've got this extremely stressful waiting period, a month, two months, whatever it is, until you find out what you've gotten into. Um, um, And uh, predictably, I got into everything, all eight. I could have gone and done performance at Deakin or RMIT or VCA or, you know, whatever it might be, went through all the rounds, etc. But by the time that the choices came through, my parents had essentially committed to me that the right thing to do was something that was sustainable you could look after yourself you can feed yourself you know if you hurt yourself and you're a ballet dancer or you're a teacher it's all over Mm. what are you going to do so I put aside the seven performance courses and I went and did the advanced diploma your eighth choice my eighth choice was that a hard process? Like, oh, it felt like a death. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, when have you experienced that before? Yeah, a death? really. <laughs> it felt like a loss because I think I felt yeah. so connected to this thing that I had done religiously since a very young age, and I knew yeah. that I was good at, and it made me happy, and so on. And how would I feel about that? Mm. Um, and I didn't know at the time that it would mean necessarily letting that go and taking something else on. So yeah. it was really challenging. Um, Interestingly, when I went to TAFE and, and I could walk myself there, you know, being from another country also, didn't yep. have many friends, yep. you know, really trying to settle in to a completely new environment, community, etc. Mm. Um, I could get myself there. I could have the freedom, independence, etc. And actually TAFE in itself was probably the one of the best things I could have done. Mm. It was such a good transition between school and university yep. where they're really guiding you through, you know, that transitional period and I loved it and yep. thrived in it. So um, that was really the next step essentially. Yeah. Amazing. What was the decision when for you when your parents said do this and obviously you said it didn't feel right, it felt like a death. So why did you actually go with what they said? Um, I don't know. I think I, I agreed with them in terms of the concept of I wanted to be able to support myself. I could see that what they were saying was rational, but it still didn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and I knew that as soon as I started the course and I felt like, actually, I can achieve this. I can mm. do this. I'm not stupid, even though I felt like I'd really struggled with things that felt academic. And this yep. felt like that's what this mm. was going to be. It's legal practice. I'm going to be shit at this. Mm. You know, I'm a ballet dancer. Yeah, I can yeah. paint. I can sing. Yep. I can whatever. This is going to go bad. But after the first couple of weeks, I felt like, actually, I can, I can actually do this. Mm. And it's the right environment for me. And then I realized I'd made the right decision. Do you feel like 
prior to that, you always had that self-belief or was that a turning point for you in your mindset change? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point. And I think sometimes you need someone to give you a shove to try something, even when you feel like, God, this is going to go bad. Mm. Um, If it goes bad, it goes bad. It's a lesson to learn, Mm. right? I think when you're, you know, reflecting back now, I was quite young then. I probably didn't have the, you know, inner reflection to think on where this is going to take me, etc. I just wanted like you know, instant relief. I want to know right now that this yeah. is the right decision to make and that didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a few weeks in, I'm yeah. like, yeah, this was this was a good decision to make. And actually, I've made lifelong friends in that now. I've been to their weddings, yeah. still wow. talk to my teachers yeah. from those courses. So, you know, it's really, really yeah. smart decision in the end. Mm. It's a really interesting point you raise around that notion of instant relief. Because mm. um, I think a lot of young people fall into that bracket when they finish school. It's like, right, what am I going to do now? Okay, everyone else is going to TAFE or university. What course am I going to choose? I'll just choose a course because I know I've ticked that box now. Mm-hmm. So it's like that instant relief. Yeah. Even though it may not necessarily be the best decision for them right then and there. Yeah. Going against the grain like that. I think is really courageous and really difficult for yeah. a lot of young people. I agree. And I think mm. a lot of it's difficult also for a lot of parents yes. to come to grips with that. Well, I decided when I was X age that mm. I was going to do X, Y, Z and I stuck at it and look how it turned out for me. Yeah. You stick at it, stick at it, you mm. know, etc. And I think there wasn't necessarily that culture of you know try something if you don't like it it's okay to change Mm. it is okay to change Mm. and we know that now in 2020 right and you know for the last 10 years we've known that right but when you're being uh encouraged and guided by people they can only speak from their own experiences Mm. and that was that they've been in the same job for the last you know 20 30 years and that's how it used to be Mm. so i suppose they're only informed by their own experiences and they're informing you by what they know Mm. so you know i get it makes sense yeah yeah Yeah. and if you didn't like the tafe course halfway through the year you probably could have changed yeah and maybe gone Mm. into one of those other choices but like you said it's just about trying and then reflecting and then if it's bad it builds resilience if it's good it's good and you keep going along yeah Absolutely, definitely. definitely. And so you uh, you went pretty well in that course. <laughs> I did. What award did you win? Oh God! Um, <laughs> <I> got... <laughs> from the TAFE course, yes. you went to. From, so from the TAFE course, it was actually really bad timing. I was away in London, and I got an email through from my my teacher at the time, yep. tutor at the time, saying, "You've got um, you've won basically student of the year." for the advanced diploma um, we're having like a celebratory dinner and I was like sorry buddy I'm in London I'm not coming (laughs) so there's this great photo of like the whole class or the whole year basically everyone that did it and all out at this dinner and the person that actually won the award isn't there that's okay um there was I think there's about five or six of us post that that got offered a direct entry into a bachelor of laws if we wanted it um and from memory I think everyone pretty much took it by one actually one yep. guy ended up going to La Trobe to do the mm. exact same course um, but yeah got a direct offer in from that based on the results of the course and mm. so on and how did you go on your bachelor I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, also good yeah um yeah it was interesting because I think when I got offered the direct offer I mean I wouldn't have gotten into the degree off mm. my own back with my enter and so on it just I would never have made it there yep. um and I knew that because when I got there on the first day, people that surrounded me had gotten 80s, 90s pluses to get into law at yep. the time. And 
And I kind of thought, oh God, hopefully I'm going to stack up against these guys. Um, but the direct offer in, I think when I got that letter to say, you've been given a place in this course, if you want a place in this course, validated that actually, you know, we said, I'm not stupid. It's mm. just that potentially methods in high school didn't work to teach me in the way that I needed to be taught. Yep. TAFE worked. That's great. Yep. I had the attention that I needed. I could ask questions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that was a nice transition into a into a university degree. It's interesting because when we reflect on it now, I think that the people that came straight from high school with their 90s or whatever it might be, academically skilled as they were, yep. didn't necessarily have that kind of like year or two two years yeah. of like preparation to yep. get themselves ready for this. Yeah. Um, so it's a really interesting scenario. Um, but that kind of validated that like, actually I belong here. Like yep. they think I'm smart enough to do this. Someone else thinks I'm smart enough. Yep. I think was mine enough. I can do this. Yeah, totally. So, jumped into that one in the deep end. Yeah, that's good yeah. progression in twelve months. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. from walking a mountain, TAFE, BU, yeah. and feeling like, what am I doing? Hope yeah. I'm going to be okay. Am I up to this? To being yeah. at like, mm. is it Melbourne Uni? Did you say Victoria University? Uh, Victoria yeah. Uni doing yeah. a Bachelor of Laws. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then being confident to be like, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I'm smart enough to be here. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it. And I think sometimes you need that external validation, don't you? To yeah. To know, like, hang on a second. I know my stuff. I know, like, it may not feel like I know my stuff right now, but other people believe in me at this mm. point, And it's that little push that we were talking about. Yeah, earlier. absolutely. Someone else is saying, actually, you can do this. Mm. And they can see in you. And sometimes you can't see in yourself. You just need that little... Yeah. Gentle push, Gentle or, you know, <laughs> kick in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> and so, when you um, started your bachelor, how yeah. did that go? And good, um, just going to university from TAFE, and I think it was interesting because I did have that a bit more of. A, I think it's a smoother transition rather mm. than going straight from yes. high school to university, especially doing law. It's very. I think in my first week there, I remember the guidance was something like: for every one week, one hour of lectures, there's four hours of reading. That, wow. So mm. match that up essentially. Yeah. Um, completely self guided. Essentially, you go to your lectures, and then you go away, and you do all of the work. Um, up to you how good you want to get at it basically and and it, that was a real turning point mm. um, it was a really different way of learning and and really f to own that yourself and go home and be like I don't have to turn in homework I just have to know this yep. so that at the end of the year I can pass the exam and go on to the next one this is on me god yep. okay pressure's on yeah um Went okay for the first couple of years, got pretty good scores, nothing like outrageous, but yeah. you know, distinctions, I was pretty yeah. happy with. Um, got to, I think it was my second year, and you know, you could pick from a range of electives, you don't have to do everything, you just mm. pick the ones yeah. that interest you. <laughs> All my friends picked taxation law, and I was like, this is going to go bad. Yeah. But... I felt the peer pressure and I was like, if they're doing it and these are people I'd been with the, through the advanced diploma also, like we were a tight group, yep. I'll do it. We can work together, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be okay. They were reassuring me it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't okay. Um, <laughs> I have this brilliant memory of inviting a few people around to my house to study. Yep. We had a practice exam for taxation law. You have to go through this whole problem and basically, you know, calculate a whole mm -hmm. heap of things and do this test and so on. Um, and I, I had my partner who did a double degree in business and engineering at RMIT and got like 95.5 for his enter, um, check it at the end. 
And he's like, yep, you've got it. It's all good. So we erased the whole exam and then we did the whole thing again just to check that we got it and we got it wrong and we couldn't figure out why we'd gotten it wrong but we'd erased the first answer so we had no idea so there we are night before the exam no idea how to figure this particular problem out they all passed i did not pass wow so you think you you Give an exam your best shot. Yep. You never really know how you've gone. And I never like to talk about it afterwards because I'm yep. like, what's done is done. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's wait and see what happens. They all got passes. I did not get a pass. And it felt like such a failure. Like, yeah, how did wow. everyone else pass this and I didn't pass this? I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm not up to this challenge. Like, I'm out. I'm going to go do something else. Wow. So just like that, you were thinking... I was like, I'm done. I'm like, not, do, not done with your degree. Done with that elective. Oh, no. Done with the degree. I was like, I can't do this. It was a, such a knock to your confidence. Yeah. And I, the other thing I was thinking is, oh, God, I've got to pay for this again. Like, a yeah. law degree is not cheap. Yeah. Um, it was real knock. And I think the other thing as well is you don't necessarily get the support from the university around... There's the academic support, like, yep. hey, you failed this unit. From a process perspective, you need to go go ahead and do X, Y, Z. Pick yep. another elective. It's going to take you another six months, whatever it might be. But there's no kind of like, here's why you failed. Yeah. This is what you need to work let's on. Let's talk about you that. Know, let's talk about it, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I was just like, I clearly didn't understand anything of the six months. I'm a failure. I can't do this. Um, did the same unit again by myself the next semester past distinction nice work so i think it just you know maybe it was the way i tried to learn it the pressure of trying to do it at the same time and keep up Mm. with the crew that i was with or you know whatever it might be just trying to cookie cutter approach like okay we're all going to learn this exactly the same way yeah versus when i took it out of that context and tried to learn it myself i i could find a way of doing it essentially and actually did really well so yeah, amazing. Um, yeah. Resilience and growth mindset, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Although, interestingly, when you reflect on it now, it's so easy to go, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. At the time, I was just like, I just got to suck this up and do it. Like, yeah, you don't realize that that's necessarily mm. what's happening until yep. you then can think back and go, mm. yeah, okay. Mm. That's what it was. Yeah, good point. Yeah. But sometimes I think young people, even kids, like young, like five to 10, are, are naturally in a growth mindset. That's how they learn, but in a way, you can society and education can sometimes force you into a fixed mindset. Whereas naturally, we should have a growth mindset. Yeah, Yeah. it's a really good point. Do you think they naturally have the growth mindset when they're working individually, or do you think it's a growth mindset amongst peers? Because I almost feel that it's perhaps only when they're working as an individual and they're trialing failing whatever and then doing it again mm-hmm. when you start working with your peers and they go i oh, know you can't do that give it here type thing you start to make a belief and go well hang on maybe i can't do it and then it kind of perhaps may stop in certain periods of your life i don't know maybe yeah. for young people in groups that don't have the maturity or the experience but you can mm-hmm. still have groups that are in a growth mindset yeah or it's that- just that but maybe for young people Sometimes you can get that if you, for the example of doing a group assignment yeah. or doing a group prep for an exam, it's easier to then feel like you're not doing it right based on someone else's yeah. thoughts. I think opinion. it's interesting as well. There's that kind of like group think scenario mm, where kind of yeah. like guys, this is going to be really difficult. You know, you start doing that 
it's not even self-talk. It's mm. just like you basically talking each other in or out of something. You're like, yeah. we're going to kill this. Okay, guys, what do we need to do? Here's a plan. And you're really yeah. open to it and you have got that really growth mindset. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you've got a few really negative people in the group and you're like, this is so difficult. We're not going to do this. Mm. I'm finding this really hard. And someone validates that and also goes, this yeah. is really hard. We can't do this, etc. Um, and then the whole group starts like a sponge, just kind yeah. of going, yeah, we can't do yeah. this. Let's just quit now. Yeah, we'll just give up. Yeah. <laughs> really good insight. Yeah. And so in your third year, how did it all go? Well, I decided I just wanted to be like, I wanted to be done with the course. Yep. Um, and I started doing both summer and winter school every year so I could just get it finished, yep. essentially. Churn and burn. Yeah, you got, you got it. <laughs> P's get degrees, right? <laughs> um, interestingly, I actually was really... I did want to do well and yeah. I felt like, you know, I really did give it my best shot every time that I possibly could um, and I put a lot of work into it. I think after I got the um, validation of completing the tax course like properly and I succeeded at that, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can do this. Yeah. Now let's just get this done. And I think at that time when I was going into my third year, I was kind of thinking, I'm actually not sure that I want to do this as a career, but mm. now I feel like I'm so far into it, I may as well just get it finished. So I, then I started picking up courses in summer school and winter school, which I must say I would fully advocate for. Yep. If, unless you feel like you need like a four-month break over Christmas, which some people do, mm. um, I would just run with it. Like yep. full-time course, nine to five, two weeks, human rights law, exam at the end, assignment done in mm. two weeks. Yep. That's six months of courses, mm. essentially. Um, yeah, absolutely. I loved it. Um, so, yeah, when it's my third year, essentially finished all the courses I needed to finish, did all of my exams, etc. Um, and, yeah, went from there, basically. Um, graduated, yeah, six months later, basically. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. And so when you, were, when you figured out that you didn't want to go down the road of law, yeah. talk us through that, oh, those moments. God. I, why is it that humans just they feel the need to control and manage everything they're like you decide right now exactly yep. what it is that you want to do now tell me what it is go and I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do like I've never felt more lost in my entire life I felt like I was having a quarter-life crisis I don't know what I want to do I've got no purpose I've got no enthusiasm to really do anything I'm not really sure what I'm doing mm. and I think there is that pressure to decide on something and commit to something and I felt completely lost at the time I completed my course and I was valedictorian which is great um, and I was super proud of myself and yeah. everyone else was super proud which was great yeah um, and then after the hype of that kind of died down I was like oh what do I do now yeah not mm. really sure what I want to do now um, and it at the time it didn't seem like a positive yeah. it seemed like well everyone else seems to know what they're doing Mm. Why don't I know what I want to do? I feel like I'm the odd one out with the lack of clarity mm. over what it is that I want. In retrospect, easy now, looking back, no one knows what the hell they want to do. Yep. There's about three people in the whole world that wake up one morning and they're like, I want to be a GP. And mm. then they spend the rest of their lives getting to be <laughs> GPs. Yep. No one actually knows what they want to do, mm. honestly. And everyone's just faking it basically i'm serious they are like people are like oh maybe i'll do this and they have a go at it and then you know three or four years later they're like oh maybe i'll go over here and i'll try this which is great that's yeah, what we yeah, should yeah. be doing mm. try learn experiment yeah. try something else definitely um but at the time it didn't feel like that mm. 
I had started working at Victoria University as part of their student as staff program. Yeah. I was actually the first ever student employed as a, stu- a student as staff. Wow. Yeah, and they hit the thousand student mark. That was the goal, to have a thousand students employed by mm. the university as part of this student as staff program. Yeah. Mm. That would have been in, well, I would guess, at like 2009, 2010, yeah. I started mm. working there. And conveniently for me, they were looking for student of staff librarians to work at the Melton Campus Library. There you go. And so I'd go, I had been there for my TAFE courses, I knew exactly where I was going, it was around the corner yep. from my house, etc. And I started working there. Um, when they decided to close the Melton Campus and they decided to stop, you know, opening the library on the yep. weekend and so on. Um, I I had won a student of staff award and I went to the vice chancellor's house for lunch, which is like an unheard of thing now. This does not happen anymore. What do vice chancellors eat for lunch? Uh, flash food. And were, let's just say <laughs> this house was extremely nice <laughs> on a hillside um, uh, on the edges, periphery of the western suburbs, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was enough room in the vice chancellor, who will go unnamed, um, living room for about 60 people to have a seated lunch. Wow. Um, and I sat next to Stephen Weller, who's just an absolute gem and, and just brilliant human being all round, and sort of nudged him in the hips and said, hey, I'm going to be unemployed next week and I'm your student of staff of the year. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, thoughts, tips, yeah. any advice? And um, essentially he got me in the right room at the right time and I took on a what was a, te- a temporary secondment at Victoria University to help with. At the time it was like student recreation. Yep. It was great. My first real full-time job. Yeah, cool. And then seven years later I left. Wow. <laughs> in, so you spent seven years in that student recruitment yeah, student, what turned into student life. Yeah. So I was brought in on a secondment three months and then another six and then another six. Yeah. And in the end, they made me full time. I did like recreation officer, coordinator, clubs and societies, student wow. events, yeah. a whole range of different mm. stuff. Like I just wanted to learn everything. Cool. Um, but you know, we, were, we were talking earlier about kind of when you feel like you're starting to stagnate, yeah. then you start to kind of supplement with other stuff. Yeah. Um, and towards the end of my time there, I'd like heavily supplemented with other stuff. So mm. I was like national president of two separate professional associations and I yep. was involved in all of these conferences and like a whole range of other things, yep. um, which essentially led me to start working at O-Media. Yeah, cool. So it was really the the putting yourself out there yep. to do extra, the other stuff, the unpaid stuff, the volunteering, mm. the... All of the other stuff is really what gets you ahead in my mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I we agree. hear that time and time yeah, again. Yeah, we hear it time and time again. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And you know what I love about that last part of your story when you were sitting in the Vice Chancellor's house? I think <laughs> well, you said it, but I've, I see it as such a defining moment. But when you showed vulnerability to speak to that guy, Stephen, yeah. I know you did it with humour, mm. which is actually quite funny. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, he to, was the pro vice chancellor at the time as well, and I was like, "Hey, buddy!" Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're still showing vulnerability in a way where it's like, "Hey, I actually don't have a job, yeah. and I kind of need a job, obviously, yeah. and I want a job." But if you didn't do that, mm-hmm. you don't then know where that next seven years yeah. leads, and then oh, media now. Yeah. So I think just that little moment of yeah. showing vulnerability is really key. Such I, a good point. And I think it's that notion, if you don't ask, you don't get oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Massive fan of that. If you don't ask, the answer's no. Like, mm. flat out. 
And I think now it's interesting, we were talking about the four-hour work week before, and he <laughs> yeah. talks about like getting his students when he's lecturing to um, get a meeting or ask questions to some like really high-powered mm. CEOs and so on. And 99% of the class just don't do it because they just go, well, this person won't respond to me. Why would Bill Gates respond yeah. to me? But it's the, the 0.01% mm. of people that do do it that get the great results. Yeah. You have to be the 0.01%. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be willing to put yourself out there because I always think, as you said, the worst that can happen is you're exactly where you are right now. Yeah. And the best that can happen is they say yes. Yeah. I mean, they might respond back to you with a cease and desist or, a, you know, please stop emailing me. My spam mm. full filter yeah, yeah. is full. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you can only try, right? Yeah. And it's I've, just rejection. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not nice, but like you said, you're in the same spot yeah. that you were. Right now. Yeah. Zero yeah. to lose and everything to gain. It's part of life. It's yeah. part of your career. Yeah. One thing I want to ask as well, Claire, is you said the volunteering, the um, member of professional associations mm. and stuff. Like, why do you think that gets you ahead so much more? Yeah. For so like, our, you know, listeners at home. Yeah. They're thinking, well, why, why is it that stuff? I think, um, look, there's a few things in this. I think it expanded my skill set. It opened me up to a whole range of other things. But beyond that, it really... Um, it built my networks. I had phenomenal networks at the end of when I left Victoria University. I knew someone or a team of people at every university in the country because I had gone about doing this this piece of work and really made it my own and um, you know taken it to a next level. I think it's you know they talk about it's not what you know, it's who you know, and I, I really do believe that strong networks and people who are willing to give you time and you know will talk and connect with you is is everything yeah. in my mind. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, how do you um so where you are in your career now? Mm. Um, you naturally do a lot of that in your current role. Yeah. What would be some of the main tips that you would give for someone who's just trying to get their head around networking and, and how to go about it in a really effective yeah. and professional way. Yeah, well, it's interesting, um, Dan, I gave you the Russell Brand Mentors book mm. and I had a phenomenal mentor when I was at Victoria University, which is actually a formal mentoring program. And one of the things she said to me um, when we first met was, um, I gave her this kind of word vomit, like I want to do more and I want to do this and like I'm just excited about stuff and I'm not really sure what I want but I'm excited and you know so on and <laughs> yeah well that's how I am. My mum calls me the whirlwind because I just come in and I'm just a word vomit of excitement um, but genuinely I'm a happy person and I like love life and I yeah. love humans and I just you know love what I do essentially. Um, the advice she gave me is, she said, Claire, I want you to start networking. And I sort of like gave her a side eye and I was like, hang on a second. I'm, a, I'm awesome at networking. Like, I don't need help with this. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, you're not listening to me. She said, I want you to find the people who do the jobs that you think you want to do. Yep. Identify who these people are. Use LinkedIn, call, email, whatever it is that you've got to do. So I went through LinkedIn and I emailed around and found these things. And I found this particular lady who I still recall to this very day, this meeting, who was the head of Melbourne Spring Fashion Week. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is my job. I want her job. Yeah. And I found some others as well, but this one stuck yeah. with me. She said, when you find those people, she's like, email them or call them and ask them if you can buy them a coffee or take them for lunch. If you can afford to take them for lunch, take them for lunch. <laughs> Happy meals already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the budget I was on at the time, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, so I emailed this particular lady and I said, 
you're doing the job that I one day would really like to do and I really want to meet with you. Basically, will you give me half an hour? And she responded back in like five minutes and was like, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. The Tim Ferriss theory, right? Yeah. The mm. like, I'm the 0.01%. No yeah. one ever asks for this. Yeah. So she emails me back straight away and says, yep, absolutely. She was working at Melbourne Uni doing something else on that day and said, oh, meet me for a coffee. Drove out there, um, met her for a coffee. And I said, I'm doing your job. And I just had, I, I want to do your job, sorry. Mm-hmm. I had this whole list of questions and it was phenomenal because what she actually said to me is, you don't want this job. Mm. the job is not what you think it is Mm. we outsource everything we do this we do this Mm. you know if you want to be creative maybe you'd be better looking at xyz Mm. and what i walked away with was an insight as to what i thought i was working towards actually wasn't really what i wanted at all fascinating brilliant yeah so what i would say is seek the people that you want to connect with don't be afraid to reach out to them in fact i would encourage it because no one does it Everyone thinks, oh, they're too important. Their assistant checks their emails. Mm. They don't have time, whatever it might be. And everyone thinks like that. So be the 0.01%. Send them an email. Pick up the phone. Ask if you can buy them a coffee before or after work. When it's going to work for them. We'll come to you, et cetera, et cetera. Have questions prepared. Ask. Mm. Connect. And I still am connected with this particular lady on LinkedIn, and we still talk to each other. Amazing. So I'd really encourage that. Yeah, love that story. In, from a career counsellor's perspective, we, we call that phrase uh, informational interviewing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a value, valuable tool for young people because it's like that notion of going, hey, I think I want to be a GP or I think I want to be a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I see on TV. That's mm-hmm. what I see or that's what I perceive the job to be. And then sitting down with someone going, uh, actually... What we do is X, Y, and Z. Oh, man, I didn't actually factor that in. That's right. Mm. And I think it's, from my perspective, that is each of ours to own. That responsibility and that journey and that the experiment and the experience that you get is yours. Should you choose to not do that and do a 10 years worth of courses and whatever and then get their doctor's surgery on your first day and be like, oh, shit. I don't think I want to do this. Yeah. Well, then that's yours to own. Yeah, Vice right. versa. If you're highly informed about something and you've got absolute clarity over a really niche job, mm. that's something that you really want to want to do, then fantastic. You know you're going to be happy when you finally get to the end result, right? Mm. Yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you keep your finger on the pulse for you personally around what you want to do next and that continual process of growth? Yeah. Um, I'm a massive reader. Yep. Um, what are you reading at the moment? Oh, what am I reading? Oh, I'm reading I'm Living Poor, which is phenomenal, okay. um, by... Oh, I've gone blank on the guy's name. Right, we'll you put can it, put yeah, it in the I'll button. find it on Google. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll share it with you. Um, uh, American Peace Corps volunteers, essentially diary of spending two years in Ecuador with like the poorest people in the world. Um, fascinating yeah. and so well written for someone who's actually not a writer at all. Okay. Um, I try and alternate between one kind of like professional development and one yeah. non. Yeah. Um, and I made a commitment this year. Well, I've made a few commitments this year. <laughs> Hopefully not too many, um, but I made a commitment this year to try and take the train more, so cool. I get like a solid two hours reading every session. day reading, mm. and then I t- tend to read in the evening as well. Um, we've got a rule in our house about turning the TV off at 8.30, so cool. I'll go and read after that, get through probably about a book a week, wow. which is like just... Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, commit to it, and I think you know there's a lot to be learned, there's so much co- great content out there. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
I think it's uh, people want an easy way out. They want like book summary, tell me what it's about, you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But great in-depth insight comes from doing the work yourself and learning it and, yeah. you know, talking to people and connecting and so on. So, um, I, yeah, growth mindset for me comes from really owning that journey what do I want to learn more about? Really reflecting on on you know what it is that I want to develop into. What skill do I want to learn, etc. And then seeking those people out, talking to them, have great conversations. You know, I've been at this conference all day today, and literally every person I sat sat next to, I was like, talk to the person next to you. Yeah. Like, hi, I'm Claire. Who yeah. are you? Okay, great. What nice to meet you. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I put like sixty business cards in my bag. I was like, here, take my card. Yeah, cool. You know, just to connect with people. Yeah. Um, which I think is just really important. And you know, um, if you've read The Lost Connections, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, such a great book. Um, you know, people just don't do it anymore. You look around on the train in the morning, everyone's got their headphones in, no mm. one wants to talk to each other anymore. So, mm. everyone yeah. should have their head in a book. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and I'm a massive fan of the pay it forward also. Yes. So, buy a book, if you find a good one, I'll give it to someone else to read next. Yeah, that's yeah, what you said to me. Book. Like, here's yep. a book, pay it yeah. forward. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you gave Dan a book um, mm. before, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. So, yeah. Would you be interested in being the face of our Arrive and Thrive book club? Oh, yeah. Do a book a month? Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe relate it back to how it can help you in your career? Absolutely, I would. Yeah. Great idea. Entrepreneurial. I love this. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Um, I think I like what you just said then about doing the work. Yeah. Because I think there's so much good content out there. Mm. And there's like so many things you can do, but. You can't do, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes, like, less is more, but doing it properly. Yes. And doing it in depth. Like, there's no point going to yoga once a week, swimming once a week, mm-hmm. going to the gym once a week, because you're not really going to get as much benefit to say, doing a couple of things three, mm-hmm. four times a week. Mm-hmm. Same as reading, like, you can read book summary or you can ask someone, oh, what was that book about? And you think, oh, I know what that's about. Yeah. yeah. Like, Lost Connections, you told me that for a year. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was just like, Lost Connections. I had an assumption of what it would be. Look it up a bit. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's all right. I'm not going to read it. But then people kept saying how yeah. good it was. Like, yeah. even you today, yeah. I've heard it all year. Yeah. I'm like, I've just got to read just this do book. It. Yeah. I'm 100 pages in right now. I was yeah. just reading it when I was overseas. I'm 100 pages in and I'm already like, this is probably one of the best books I've ever yeah. read. Yeah. And it's interesting. But it's like you, you just have this perception of what yeah, it is. Totally. So it's, yeah. sometimes you just got to do the work yourself. And then, I agree. Mm. I think the thing for me that, you know, really stands out is, as you say, you know, you've got to be willing to put the work in. And that doesn't always necessarily mean doing more. Like you already work from nine to five. You don't need to then go and work until midnight. Mm. You just need to reflect deeply on what it is that you want to achieve and you know we talked earlier about kind of like tipping the scale between confusion and clarity Mm. you don't have to have 100% clarity you Mm. just have to tip the scale to get an insight into what that is and what that looks like for you and I think the other thing for me that is a you know a a hot tip if you'll take it as a hot tip or advice is say yes to things yes just say yes. 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 Say yes. Say yes to yeah. everything. Um, don't say yes to everything. Obviously, because you're killing yourself. Um, we will not be going bungee jumping. So any of those yeah, things. Yeah. Um, all of the opportunity and all of the things that have led to what, in my mind, I would define as my own success have been because I did extra. 
I put my hand up and I said yes mm. to everything. If there's an opportunity to learn something, learn something. Mm. If there's an opportunity to volunteer for something, volunteer for something. All of those things. Because the added value, the added engagement, the added connections, the networks, the all of that, that comes from the saying yes to other things. Yeah. You do your day-to-day every day, you see the same eight people in the same room, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you say yes to things all of a sudden that just grows exponentially um, and it's you know it's for you to own essentially I made a note that I wanted to mention also related yeah, to yeah. that around there used to be a great magazine which I don't think they make anymore called Entrepreneur Magazine it came out of the US yeah. and there was I think it's now just a website oh is it? Perhaps. yeah okay. it is yeah, in- yeah. <laughs> Kevin Hart was on the front page of one of them last year yeah. and in the article it, that he writes about it, he's actually a really successful businessman yeah. aside from the acting he owns like a production company and all of these other sub businesses and one of the things he highlights in it is the reason that he got his first ever acting job was because he'd off his own back on his own money had paid for himself to go and do a camera course and the reason he got the job was because he had the experience with the camera mm. and it just shows that you know he said yes to doing something else that really wasn't what you know going to be related to his role yep. mm. wasn't going to give him any particular skill set that was going to get him hired as an actor or you know mm. whatever it might be but on this occasion it's what got him across the line and I really think that you know it's those things that get you across the line yeah. they're the extras they're mm. the volunteers they're the you know you got to run with it guys this is yours yeah. how mm. good do you want to be how big do you want to be yeah. how successful do you want to be whatever you define that as define it and own it it's yeah. yours yeah great insight mm. great insight I reckon that's a good note to finish on Claire. amazing is there anything else you wanted to add because you're on a roll there Okay, so now this is a motivational yeah, talk, yeah, so yeah. you can give me my Just check afterwards. Yes, yeah, strap in, guys. Um, I think the thing that um, has really only hit me maybe about 12 months ago was I saw this great little um, cartoon or something, and it's a, you know, a picture of two butterflies looking at each other, and underneath one's like, you've changed, and the next slide's like, we're supposed to. Mm. And I think that that is has been a real learning for me over the last 12 months like you know we're supposed to change we're supposed to learn we're supposed to experience it's okay to be a different person than you were 12 months ago two years ago etc we're supposed to evolve yeah how fast you do that in which direction what you look like whether you're a butterfly or a moth or neither yeah yep. you know something completely different um is you know yours to own and at what speed you get there but mm. Don't be afraid to change, um, you know, deeply reflect on, on how you feel, what makes you happy and vice versa, what you feel fulfilled doing, where your purpose is, etc. Um, and then essentially run towards that. I think the other thing that really stands out for me is that you can get good at anything. Decide and reflect on what makes you happy and what you really enjoy doing and then go for it because you can learn any skill. I mean, mm. if you want to be a heart surgeon, it might take a while. But other than that, you know, you can really, you can mm. get there. So um, don't be afraid of doing something completely different because it'll bring you un- unlimited happiness and fulfillment if you can get yourself there, but you have to get yourself there. No one can take you. Claire, I'm roaring. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. 
So how can our listeners stay tuned with these more motivational insights? Because oh, okay. that is, yeah, that's gold. We might, we might take a few bits of it. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. oh, good. Okay, I charge for this. This is my IP, by the way. <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, uh, if you want to connect with me, I'd really encourage you to. Um, LinkedIn, go yeah. for it. Instagram, go for it. If you want to follow my... Um, look, it's 90% cat pictures, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's some motivational stuff on there or, you know, um, I do share sort of things from whether I'm attending conferences or, you know, whatever it might yeah. be, I'll share everything on there. Um, if people want to reach out to me, be more than happy to chat, connect, etc. I think that's really what the world's all about. Mm. We connect with each other and that's where, you know, real value and joy comes from. So if you want to reach out, go for it. Awesome. Claire, thank you so much for spending time with us on Arrive and Thrive. Thanks for coming on and connecting here tonight. It has been joyous, so. Absolutely. Good. All right, listeners, well, this podcast will come out. You can find our updates on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and yeah, let us know what you think of the episode. And um, yeah, I think Claire's insights were amazing. So thanks, thanks for again, having Claire. me, guys. Pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Arrive and Thrive podcast, please let us know by sharing it with a connection and leaving a review. We hope that through this podcast, even more people can design a career and life that they love and are proud of. See you soon.